Welcome to the Faith Lift Sisters as we talk through 2 Timothy. We are making the jump from 1 Timothy to 2 Timothy. So um, that's kind of where we are. It's uh, still written by Paul, still mm-hmm. to Timothy, just like 1 Timothy was. Um, and I think last week I said it was kind of like taking, there's like an intermission. There's this time span that happens between the first book of Timothy and the second book of Timothy. Um and you'll see that there is not only this time break, but there is also a change in the tone um, of the letters that Paul is writing. So we're going to jump into that today. Mm-hmm. Yep. You might want to set it up, Suzanne, yeah. that the first book was not written. Paul was not in prison when he wrote First Timothy. Um, he was in Macedonia, I believe. Uh, but Second Timothy... He's imprisoned in Rome by Nero, um, that crazy man. Mm-hmm. And he knows that, that this is it. This is mm-hmm. a fatal condition that he's in. He's, he's going to be executed. So the tone is very different and for a lot of different reasons. This is like his last big push to say what's on his heart to Timothy. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a cold, dark dungeon um he doesn't he's pretty much alone he doesn't have a lot of visitors that's very restricted um and he is facing execution execution he's been tried the trials happen so this it does change the tone when i think of him writing this feels heartbreaking to me yeah in so many ways well, I think back in some of the other prison epistles, he's been able to still be witnessing to the guards and to the, because he was living in someone's right. house, he was able to witness to the household. So he still had lots of ability and purpose to walk in his calling. Um, but now he's, like you said, down in this dark, dank, awful, cold prison with n- no real contact. Luke is with him, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's really shut off from everybody, shut off from everything. Um, and in his first imprisonment, like you said, it was in a home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he, he was just, he had to live there. I mean, he had to stay there. But like you said, he could have visitors. People visited him all the time. And here in this prison, not only is he stuck in this prison for the gospel, that's all he did. He just yeah. told the truth. Right. That's what he was tried for. That's what he was found guilty of. He's in chains. He's actually shackled. Shackled. And it's like, really? When you think about being in chains or being a prisoner for Jesus' sake, I really didn't think about it that deeply until now. And it's like, yeah, that's the only reason Mm -hmm. that he is in there. He didn't do anything else other than tell the gospel. Mm -hmm. And they've got him chained up like he's a like he's a criminal. Yeah. Right. So yeah. in in the homework, if you do the insights homework, um, there is 
a note that um, it looks like Paul is probably in the, um, well, in the homework, it says maritime prison, but I think that's a typo and it's Mamertine prison, Mm -hmm. um, which you can actually go visit still in Rome. Um, And it is, this is where they think he was. He was. Um, And you can see pictures of it and it is, you want to talk about dank and dark and yuck. I mean, I, it's just, it looks in the pictures, if you look at it, it just looks moldy and mildewy and um, really small. Like it would be just almost like being thrown in a well is kind of what it looks like to me yeah. with mm-hmm. a ceiling. A well with a ceiling huh. is kind of what it looks like. In fact, at one point, there are sections of it where um, prisoners were lowered through the ceiling because they were really like at the bottom of things. Mm-hmm. So if this is actually where Paul was, which they, they think is accurate, then that's kind of really dank and dark and miserable. So imagine what your heart would feel like if you were there, knowing that this was where you were going to end life. That's worse than quarantine. Yes. (laughs) Yes, because you probably weren't even in your own little well of a cell. Yes, you're right. You're in the well with Joe, who's in chains too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on that lovely note, Terry, why don't you um, read today's passage for us? (laughs) Okie dokie. I'm going to read verses one through seven. Paul, an apostle, Paul, really? (laughs) Me, you can do it, Terry. Come on, (laughs) Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say my favorite part of that um, passage is, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And I am not kidding when I tell you that every single time we have a campfire, every single time we have a fire in our little fire pit in the backyard and it's the, the flames get low and you do blow on it, take a, you know, take a paper plate or some newspapers and fan it and the, and the flames start right back up. And mm-hmm. I think about that verse every single time. Mm-hmm. And I, it's such a good. Uh, word picture. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Well, you know, David said he's in the Psalms, we have to stir up. We have to stir ourselves up too. I think sometimes we forget that 
you know, we sort of kind of get down in our routine or in our um, just the everydayness of, of our walk. Um, and we forget that we have to stay charged. Um, and the only way to stay charged is to do something about it, to stir ourselves, stay in the word, to make sure we have fellowship. Um, but those are, those are important ways. And even just in our own self-talk, you know, as you go through the day, instead of letting your mind drift, to, oh, you know, it's such a gloomy day, I'm kind of down today. Instead of that, to keep our minds focused on the fact that we are called to a purpose for the kingdom of God um, and to keep energized with that. Um, I think sometimes we just forget that. We get a little lackadaisical. What are some practical ways that we can, when we're feeling, like you said, just kind of blah or whatever, like some real practical ways, one, to stay in it long-term and two, to kind of jumpstart ourselves? You know, I think you did mention some of them, Angie, like being in the word, being in community, being with each other. What I was catching too is that this is an intentional act. So it's not something that's just going to come upon you. Mm -hmm. It's a movement you have to make. That's really good, Terry, like with the campfire. Mm -hmm. It's like it's an intentional move you have to make with an intentional outcome, Mm -hmm. right? You're wanting those flames to get higher. You're wanting... um, this to become more important to you. You're wanting to um, get it more solid, I guess. I don't know if that's necessarily something that I see in a fire, but um, energy, I guess well, you would strengthen just put more it, energy. Energize it. it, yeah. Right, yeah. And I guess, like, I guess maybe what I'm asking is, we say a lot of times, like, be in the word and be in community. And, right. you know, we say those things, but what does that look like? What does that look like when you are home and you're by yourself, like, what does that mean? Or even like long-term, what does that mean? What are some practical action steps we can do other than our, and, and because I say it all the time, I'm like, we need to be in community. Well, what does yeah. that even mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Well, I coffee. think being, oh, coffee. <laughs> three of us started all at once. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> One of the things that I do to stay in the word is not just about reading my Bible, but I listen to Christian radio every morning. I start at about 8.30 after I take Bella to school, and I'll listen, you know, good part of the morning. And then there's Pastor Paul Shepherd in the afternoon at 2 o'clock that I like to listen to. And that keeps me in the Word. And that, because they're expounding, they're teaching, they're training. Yeah. So I'm pouring that in um, to try and keep my mind set on on him sometimes it's like that i i love that terry and i um, like to do that too or listen to different um, preachers who are online or have youtube videos or things like that there's times i can't even let it in i'm i'm not even at that point so for me what i'll use i use the pause app with john eldridge it is it's a mindfulness um, around God and around his word. And sometimes I need to just let all the other things go and just connect to God simply, who he is. And then um, another way that I do is I just listen to, well, Lauren Daigle, my goodness, oh, yeah. or just Christian music. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And for me, sometimes, like I can, 
I'm a, I'm a fretter, you know, and so the Lord has been talking to me my whole life about don't fret, don't fret. But I'll, if I'm like standing at the kitchen sink and I've got something kind of, I'm, I'm worrying over, um, my mom was a singer. She, she loved to sing. And so whenever she would have a word for me, it would always be a song. Um, and so I, 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 one of the discipline practices that I have sometimes is when I'm, when I'm doing something, vacuuming or washing dishes or whatever, I pull up an old worship song out of my heart, something that I grew up with that really has um, a lot of uh, depth of meaning to me. It can just be some little simple something, but I'll just sing that over and over and over and over and over. And that kind of buoys me up um, and can get me out of that fretfulness um, and into a more mindfulness of who God is and what he does um, in my life, who he is in my life, what he does in my life. Um, it's just a, it, it gets me back in a good mindset, I think. So music can be a very powerful tool, um, mm-hmm. whether you're listening to it or singing it yourself. And I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but there's something about putting those songs in my mouth and belting them out at the kitchen sink that really takes me to a whole other place. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Susan, how about you? Amy. Um, sometimes I just, so I have the Bible app on my phone and sometimes I'll just pull it up and see like, what's the verse of the day? And then I'll just go back to that. Like, that's how I start most mornings is just like first thing, just checking out, like, what's the verse of the day? Mm -hmm. And then I'll just go back to that all throughout the day. And like, that's one way for me to stay like in the word. And it's just literally a verse sometimes too, because, you know, depending on who it is, then maybe there's not a whole sentence in one verse. Maybe that, maybe that sentence, especially if Paul wrote it, is yeah. more than one more verse. Than one. Yeah. Right. Um, but then, um, yeah, just kind of checking through that, you know, just reminding myself every day. And it's interesting if you do it that way because it's something new every day. Yeah. yeah. And God always shows me like, oh, yeah, remember how you read this? Yeah. Look yeah. how this applies today. <laughs> so, cool. we, cool. You know what? We have so much available to us, you know, apps with our phone, oh, with each yeah. other. And Paul didn't have that. He had Luke. And I don't even know if Luke was a good singer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he did sing in prison, though. We know that Paul did sing. Paul and Silas um, did. Yeah. Yeah. Silas yeah. Did. yeah. 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 So, you know, Paul is telling Timothy here, like, fan the flames and remember that this and uh, remember that this remember, he says, remember that this is um, what I've called you to do, what you've been called to do um, by the spirit of God. Like, remember that this is what it is. And so this is another aspect of um, like living in community, which is one of the things that we were, you know, Angie just mentioned. And so what does it look like to live in community? What does it look like? And what are some practical ways to do that? Because I had someone say to me yesterday, like, I don't know what it's like to be in community. She said, it's always just been me. I didn't grow up in a big family. She said, it really has just been me, myself, and I my whole life. So she said, I'm trying to figure out what it looks like to live in community. Mm. And I thought, man, it really, you have to learn how to live in community and you have to practice it. I. I think we got that a lot years ago with big families when people had like five, six, eight kids or Mm -hmm. things like that. That's in community. You're in community all the time. And 
we're, I'm from a family of five kids. And what I know is um, first to live in community, you do need contact with others. And that just happened automatically in a big family. But it was a lot of negotiating, negotiating what do you need versus what do they need? How can we all work together? Um, and not always getting your way. Uh, but and and trying in in the best way possible to um i'm i'm now thinking like in churches and things like that but but what is our ultimate goal keeping that in mind and how can we work towards that and what's best for everyone and looking for the best for everyone and that's when love comes in where we're looking for not necessarily our things being accomplished but for helping others, loving others, and sacrificially loving others. I think that happens in community a lot. But you got to start that somewhere. So let's say, let's say you're like this woman that Suzanne was telling us about who felt like she's just always been in it by herself. Right. So, so how does she find a way to get grounded in community? I think she's got to find something that's going to put her with another person, even if it's just one other person to start, sometimes better to start small. Don't think, Oh, I'll join a group and I'll get, you know, 10 sisters all at once and find somebody that you're drawn to. And and I have great confidence that if that's your heart to find someone to start being in community with that God will make someone attractive to you. You'll feel drawn to someone. They'll feel drawn to you. Um, but, but have your heart ready to seek that person. Um, be kind of on the lookout for God to bring somebody to you so that you can start somewhere with just a friendship. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well, we are all here today because we were in community in the Insights Bible Study group. Right. Yep. And I have a whole group of friends, women friends from Insights Bible Studies. So mm-hmm. I think um, if you're in a spot or a church that has um, maybe women's Bible study available or some kind of Sunday school class, or if there's a, like a community outreach program that you are interested in joining one of those. Yeah. Some kind of volunteer spot. Yeah. 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 That where you're working alongside. Yeah. You're working alongside somebody rubbing elbows. You kind of get Mm -hmm. to know them a little bit. But, but I think it's important too, to start with your interest so that you don't have yeah. to be someone you're not. Like, yeah. I would not join the church math group. That just wouldn't <laughs> happen for me, you know? It's like, I'm just like, no, that's not my common interest, you know? Yeah. I try to find other things. Being in the Word, being in Bible study is helpful. But I think it's important to be honest with yourself about who you are and what yeah. you're going to bring to that community. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be brave because it's scary. I've been yeah. a new girl a lot, mm-hmm. and it is scary. Yeah. Um, but you know what? There are, you will not be the only new girl, and um, the other new girls are scared too. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, even some of the old girls are scared. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Just the reality of it. Yeah, and yeah. so was Timothy. That's what that his thing that's was right. timidity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. When they were saying it's like, uh, where is that? Um, what attributes does the Spirit give us? Just the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. I was like, Paul was, you know, like instead of saying man up, was saying, hey, 
Timothy, got up, let's go. You know? <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, yeah, got up, let's get going, you guys. And um, use the gifts that God gave us mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. I love that. I mean, Paul here knows he's going to die, right? Mm-hmm. These, this is like his final love letter, really, is what this is. And he is just pouring his heart out to Timothy. And he's reminding Timothy because he and Timothy were like bosom buddies, right? Yeah. Like father and son. Right. Yeah. And so he's like, listen, I'm not going to be around anymore. And so you need to go. And these are the things that you need to remember and you need to be brave and you need to make sure that you are fanning the flame. Terry, I love that visual. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to be actively seeking so that you can... Um, well, I'm going to get ahead of us here, but so that you will not be ashamed of the testimony that you are to share. You need to be actively seeking people who will be around you. You will be thinking about the teachers and the um, the uh, de- uh, the deacons from First Timothy, right? Like you need to be actively pursuing these things. Um, so, yeah. I have one more thing I want to say about verse seven for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, yeah, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Whenever I'm afraid, whenever I'm dealing with things, I'll say that verse. That's a very helpful verse. And the part that goes along with it is like, well, so I'm afraid. So who gave me that? So it like calls out the game very clearly. God is not someone who puts fear in us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely does not. When we hear the term the fear of God, it's, probably better translated the respect, the adoration of God, the um, awe. awe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Awe is a better word, I think. So just, uh, just if you're finding yourself in that space, try using this verse. And mm-hmm. uh, like what Suzanne was saying, when you have like, let's say that's the verse of your day, <laughs> that's what you need that day. And then doing it slowly, you know, saying um, for the spirit. And it's like the spirit, just understand that. And then put it in different chunks, letting those different chunks come in. And then it's like, what is timidity? Well, why am I doing that? Well, what's power? What's love? What is self-discipline? And how is that showing now? By the time you kind of get your head meditating on that, chances are that fear is going to be dropping and you'll start mm-hmm. moving in other ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just helpful little tip from the sisters. That's all. Yep. That's <laughs> good. Yep. Well, Rosemary, on that... Perfect ending. Will you pray for us today? Oh, yes. Um, Holy Lord, we just are so grateful, God. Thank you so much for your word. Thankful. Thank you for this opportunity to be here, God. Um, We just look at Paul as he was facing death and the tremendous pressure he was on. And yet his desire was to encourage Timothy and fan those flames. So Lord, we just ask that you fan, that we turn and encourage others um, and that we fan our own flames of faith, Lord, and that we support each other as as we're talking with them, that we have a sound mind and um, that we are brave, God. We ask that you help us become brave. We ask that you help us God up. Lord, we just... um, We know that this is hard, but we also know that we want to move into your work, Lord, so that your work is completed, God, 
So we just praise you, God, and we just thank you in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>